This is Fear and Trembling, a podcast of Hardaway Ministries, where pastors and guests share a community together as we talk about how the gospel impacts everyday life. We gather around the microphone following the Apostle Paul's wisdom to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we are back again, and we're all dancing behind our mics and that little jingle, and never gets old. <laughs> yeah, little chipmunks, right? Hey, I'm uh, Aaron Vanderveen. I'm the uh, pastor, campus pastor at Watershed, and around the table. I'm Darwin Glassford. I'm the executive pastor. J.B. Wernland, uh, campus pastor at Fusion. Bill Lindner, I'm campus pastor with Celebration. Glad to be part. Right on. Good to see you guys. And again, like we said last time, it's great to be around a table and yeah. actually like looking at each other, although looking through boom stands and everything is <laughs> kind of interesting. But uh, this time we are starting a two-part series um, on a, the shortest book. I think it's what, like 26 pages total or something? And and free. (laughs) Right. Free book. We like that. But we're going to do two conversations around how to reach the West again by Tim Keller. Um, I come into this with a unique experience of having heard him give this as a talk before it ever became a little booklet. You were there. I was there. (laughs) And uh, so that day was really interesting. It started with a broken water heater in our house. It was our anniversary. Um, And Kendra, I was awoken to, there's water in the basement. And... uh, Somehow I needed to get to Chicago on our anniversary to not spend any time with my wife, of course, uh, but to go on a retreat. Good timing. Uh, Yeah, you know, (laughs) Uh, but went to this city-to-city conference uh, in Chicago at Moody Church, a church planting conference for, you know, reaching cities in particular, which Keller has a huge passion for. Um, and then I proceeded to get, you know, drink from a fire hose. So there's my water analogy, uh, just so I can be clear. But uh, yeah, Bill, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it to you. You're going to lead us through these couple conversations. Um, sure. Happy and- to do that. You know, Tim Keller, for me, has been very, very formative and helpful. I don't always agree with him on everything, but even where we disagree, he helps me think better. He's got a great theological foundation. Uh, communicates well to people outside the church, and a great pastoral heart. So when I came across first the videos that you'll find on the resources where he takes that uh, presentation that Aaron heard and breaks it down into shorter pieces, you can get all of that on YouTube. But then also this book, um, How to Reach the West Again, it was just a real treat. And it is very um, clear, cogent, but to-the-point things about – what it means for us to reach, be part of God's work to reach our culture again. Um, I'm going to get us started by thinking uh, about this whole question that kind of launches him and that we all face every day. He helps clarify it for me. And this is the idea that our culture, our surrounding in the United States has shifted quite dramatically, what it means to be uh, doing ministry in a post-Christian United States. Let me uh, start off by reading a quotation from his book. It's on page four, and then we can kind of bounce it around around the table here. He writes this, The overall decline of Christian influence in the West is inarguable. Each generation is becoming less religious and less Christian, 
At present, more than two-thirds of the churches in the United States have plateaued or are in decline. While religion was once broadly seen as a social good, or at least benign, increasing numbers of people now see the church as bad for people and a major obstacle to social progress. Traditional Christian beliefs about sexuality and gender are being viewed as dangerous and restrictive of people's civil rights. So that's kind of his summation of the situation we are ministering in. Um, where have any of you around the table here experienced this kind of change in environment, examples and things that you can keep um, discreet but still uh, clear, maybe a workplace or a university setting with relatives, social media, media? Where are you seeing this change in context that he speaks to? Any of you? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things he writes to is today's culture believes the thing we need salvation from is the idea that we need salvation. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's sort of that, and I see it all over, but the inherent goodness of people, right? And and it comes from a great place, I think, in people, right? We don't want to, we don't want to be judgmental of people. We don't want to tear people down. We want to build people up. However. When we start saying that sin doesn't really exist in people's lives, we don't need sure. salvation from anything. There's this just this self determinism sure. that is all around. You know, whether it's building up my my Instagram portfolio to show you how great I you know how great I am. You manage that image, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's. I think for me, it's that that inability to know that we need salvation. Sure. Um, is the human condition, does it start broken or is it really good and we don't want to undermine that? Right, right. Very and, different place. And somehow we degrade people if we think that image is broken. Sure, um, sure. It, so, yeah, I, I think what's really interesting is I don't think people are any less religious because <laughs> religion right. is, is framed around right. what matters most to a person. Right. I think yep. um, the devotion is just to something different than historic Christianity. Um, I think it's also interesting, and we won't go into a long academic thing here because that would be really fun. <laughs> um, but that when he talks about being post-Christian, is he talking about a genuine gospel-centered Christianity, or is, <coughs> or is he talking about a civil religion? That's a very, very good point. And, and so I sometimes I get right. a feeling like I know it's a short presentation. There's just this kind of overgeneralization that doesn't really capture reality well. Yeah, have has are we post civil religion right. or post gospel? Gospel centered. And it may well be that in going back to a gospel centered view of life and living, we're doing something different from both our previous right. civil religion and our current right. post thing. So it's a very interesting distinction you make there. So I guess I, I guess what I've seen it is yeah. going back earlier and I'll just I'll be really quick here. Um, drawing really on the work of, sorry, another academic, Charles Uh-oh. Taylor, okay, is, is Taylor talks about um, that we now live with an imminent frame of reference, that everything is just what it is around us. There is right. nothing transcendent to us. And there's, there's no history that there's, precedes there's no, us? Hi, there's history. There's, there's no God. There's, there's nothing out there beyond okay. what we experience immediately. And that's a little oversimplification of Taylor, but it'll do. Um because his book yeah. is much more complex. He's a tough read. But, but I, I really see that imminent frame of reference being really a helpful lens to understand a lot of what is going on in our yeah. um, in our society and culture and even our churches, because it's just in the air we breathe. Yeah. 
Well, and doesn't that come back to the reality that we are, when we're self-determining, Yeah, there is, I am the highest being. Right? I am. So. I am, therefore I am. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think waiting, what, I'm waiting for lightning. <laughs> I, I, I think one of the things I was thinking about was that these ideas are a little bit distant because there's still, um, at least for me, being a pastor in West Michigan, like a lot of my circles um, aren't necessarily embracing, you know, but when I talk to like my brother, I have some friends, um, then some of these ideas, you know, become more real and experienced, you know, in some of those conversations where, you know, I'm trying to defend like, you know, whatever. Um, but I just, just that, that thing that some of this is not yet hit us in West Michigan as it's hit other parts of, um, of the country. Not that it's not here. Sure. It certainly is here, but not necessarily to, to, I mean, you can still kind of shelter yourself and not experience some of the things that he's talking about right. and believe that Christendom is still here in West Michigan. Just yeah. To- I, I spent seven years in ministry outside Washington, D.C. And boy, that's a very different mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. But Keller helped me kind of see into our, our residual Christendom you know, where the culture has all the trappings of churchianity, but inside, I mean, this this idea that nobody can tell me what to do, that's not from the gospel, mm-hmm. but that permeates this this idea of it's me to determine. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it makes a difference, and it, and it's there. We're going to have to translate a bit in Western Michigan, um, as opposed to living in Los Angeles or D.C. or uh, some of those circles. I think what's really important to note here, and, I, and this really draws on my experience of living in North Carolina, that this this kind of situation we're in, in in West Michigan is really a veneer. Beneath the surface of that veneer, all this stuff is raging. Yeah. And you just have right. to find the right places and right pockets, and it's there. And eventually that veneer wears thin, and it just collapses. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and folks haven't gone back and studied – the original kind of sources on this and come to a conclusion and made a decision. It's just kind of in the air we breathe. It's in the right. TV we watch and the books we read and this sort of thing. And so uh, suddenly we're there, even though uh, the institutions are still standing, the thoughts within those institutions are just, and just you really think, different. And thinking it's part of the Christian faith. Yeah. So right. maybe that's kind right. of the nuance. These yeah. ideas are still there, but it's like, no, this is congruent with Right. The gospel. Yeah, because we're all Christians here, right? Right. <laughs> and so we've got these non-Christian <laughs> yeah. thoughts running around in our hearts and minds. But golly, what do you mean? Yeah, he Keller really sets a good foundation for me in this. Another thing he touches is uh, the two challenges to communicating in this new context, just what you're pointing to, JB. We have these institutions and these schedules and remaining things, but somehow they're uh, embodied by a different kind of thought. I was very taken by this quotation where he points to the two, and I'll read from page five. Another abiding challenge for communicating uh, in this changing context is syncretism. That's when believers mix their faith with the idols of the culture, just like in the book of Judges, Judges 2, 11 through 15. Now, while we may not be tempted toward literal polytheism, Christians in the West today certainly have to resist the lure of cultural idols, and especially those that promise political power or social relevance. How do you see that that playing out? That's another one. Where are these challenges facing us um, in our life today? 
Yeah, I think when I – maybe this touches on it, maybe it doesn't. But when I think <laughs> about politics, we we oftentimes think – we look to politics as the solution, right? Sure. It's where – where it's supposed to be a mean and a method for how we work out things as a community together, right? It, it, but when we begin thinking that that's part of the solution or I'm the, you know, as much as individualism is as well, we, we end up missing, I guess, just missing the boat. You know, we, yes, we idolize then our different, um, you know, our different tribes, whether we're a Democrat or Republican or Green Party or Independent or, sure. you know, and then we take those on then as our identity. Um, but it falls right back into, Darwin, what you were saying earlier as well of this. We're still incredibly religious. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, We all have cult, creed, and conduct, right? We still have things we believe, we worship, things then we, we hold on to with that and practices that go with it. So it's politics. I mean, as soon as he says that, that's when, yeah, political power, social rel- – I mean, it's – you're like, yeah. <laughs> do, do I want to be accepted by the culture so I can communicate and suddenly you realize the cost of being accepted is that you lose your message? Right. That's a really challenging so I think, thing. Yeah, this is to me really fascinating discussion in, a, in our current climate. Um, I like the term constructive engagement. Mm. Um, but the reality is when you lose transcendence, any sense of transcendence beyond you, then you lose the possibility of constructive engagement. If everything's imminent, you begins me against you. And, and that to disagree then means that I don't like you. Yeah. You, you've erased me. You've erased you or I've done something to you. Yeah. And, and so we don't know how to have constructive engagement. Or we've lost the ability to have constructive engagement because we've lost a sense of the transcendent. The the really interesting piece to me is that we still use transcendent language, <laughs> but we mean it. We use it in a very in, imminent sort of way. Yeah. So the sure. the verbiage is still there. We're talking about we're God. talking about God, but it. But God is – it's a very imminent thing. There's no transcendent character to it. Yeah. So it makes right. it really hard to have a conversation because you go in with someone and you you work – go in with certain assumptions. But all of a sudden then you're you're meeting up against this this framework that, that leaves you at an impasse. Yeah. And ironically, ironically, you know, as you talk about there is a new religion and there's this yeah. – secularism has – becoming what it most criticizes religion. Sure. Right. right. In being kind of fundamentalist and kind of, yeah. Yeah. Fighting with each other. So Keller calls us in light of that to a, a new missionary encounter. And, and I find this real helpful. Mm-hmm. We're living in a sense in a very different time and we need to be thinking like missionaries with our neighbors and at our own institutions in our mm-hmm. own uh, everyday setting. So let's turn and think some more about this missionary encounter. What do you think, and maybe you can share with us your favorite quotation, what does Keller mean or or not mean by the idea of missionary encounter? He's not talking about moving into the, the culture and chopping down the sacred tree and having this power encounter. It, it's something different, isn't it? I Can I just say that I found this part of Keller's book maybe one of the most compelling pieces. Okay. His, his tone, 
in his approach and his demeanor. Because I've I've read other books or on that kind of critiqued culture, but his posture, okay, uh, which isn't like let's destroy or this is the enemy. Let's we want to reach people. <laughs> we want to reach people with the gospel. Um, but to have that tone right at the onset of this whole book, I just found to be incredibly um, encouraging, and it resonated deeply um, with what we're trying to do. So anyway, just to to point that out at the beginning. And I think along with that, he's setting this third way. It's Mm -hmm. not the middle ground. It's not a gray. Everything's gray. It's It's, not a balance between two. Right. It's a third option. Right. And he's he's touching on that, that piece that all of us want and you're leaning into. I'm, I'm in the world, not of it. Right. And that's attention. And he holds the tension. And we want to connect, but we also don't want to assimilate. We don't, we want to, we want to meet people where they are. And yet we don't affirm everything that, Mm -hmm. you know, let alone each other might (laughs) believe or think. But this is what attracted me to uh, Tim Keller and his messages years ago. Here's a guy, old like me, but in Manhattan working with, 20-somethings, these high-energy Ivy League, you know, Manhattan, uh, all of that, and he's able to engage them. Uh, They are willing to listen. He's able to help them think about their life and keeps pointing to something different than they've ever experienced, the gospel of God's grace. He Here's a guy who goes to Manhattan and a church of 6,000 attenders grows has a visible impact on the city, the five boroughs, actually, because they began to do other sites. He's been in there doing it with fruitfulness. Yeah. But, but, but here's the king. As I read this section, I really like this section as well. Um, what really struck me is, is I would summarize it by saying he begins by understanding. Ah. So in that, in that missionary encounter, instead of moving in and assuming that this is uh, what a person believes yep. and this is what's mm-hmm. wrong— it's actually helping – it's actually coming to them and saying, help me understand what it is you believe and what shaped those beliefs and what has shaped those values and, and what needs are those, those things actually meeting in your life. Yeah. And yep. are they really meeting those needs in a way that is substantive or are they just meeting those needs in a way that allows you to get by day by day? Sure. Right. And if your situation changes, they can't sustain you. Yeah. And unfortunately, where we usually experience that um, is is when we in suffering or in tragedy. Yeah, suddenly everything in your world doesn't work. Doesn't work, and, and so you're asking. So, but but the as I read this, it's like okay, the understanding piece is so critical. Um, but with understanding, then becomes that relational component, and it's not just a one way thing in that missionary encounter. It's helping – it's learning to understand other people, but helping other people to understand who you are as a person and what you believe as a Christ follower. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that understanding – that posture of understanding versus a posture of assumption, right? And that that relation how, – how are our relationships built, right? I'm right. thinking about everything that we're talking about, and it's and, – and he'll go on to talk about the importance of relationship, which has never changed. Yeah. Right, you you think about, I, I that's the amazing thing for me is it it just keeps going back to showing up and being involved in people's lives, right? 
and instead of just throwing out propaganda, dogma, you you name it, right? And yeah. beliefs, ideas. My propaganda is better than your propaganda, right? right. <laughs> Which is one of the greatest weaknesses of social media. Oh god, right. because you skip relationship and yeah. yeah. But if my wife were here, she'd be pointing her finger at me and saying, <laughs> "He's saying that, but he's not really good at it." <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I confess, I mean, I think for most of us. We, we know that's the truth. It's really, really hard to live into that relational component. Well, and it takes time. It's not fast. So that's another countercultural. You can't do it in 140 characters? That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. It takes time and effort, and it's slow, and it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's difficult that way. Well, this is well worth picking in. On page 13, he talks about how a missionary encounter first connects. That's exactly what we're doing here. And then it confronts, but it can only confront, confront and challenge the thoughts. Constructive once it's engagement, because yeah. when he says confront, I think a be, it reminds me of beating people up with a Bible passage. Okay, I'm sorry. okay. So I would say constructive engagement. Yeah. So there's tremendous need to connect before we do that, and then actually there can be real ministry that goes on. Um, he tries to unpack, and it's the subtitle of the whole book here what this missionary encounter is, and six elements with it. We want to touch at least two real quickly. The first one is about uh, being able to understand that very thing. He calls it high culture, and there's a great YouTube on this. You'll find that on the uh, sermon resources, so I encourage you with that. But he also talks about a truly uh, postmodern evangelistic dynamic, Um, and a quotation I've got for you here, and how are we doing on time? We may need to end on this. Oh, we I can. Think, do we want to touch on Christian high theory a moment? I mean, yeah, just, if we got time. Let's yeah. do it, man. I'm trying to behave here. I, <laughs> can, I can talk about this stuff all day long. See, uh, see what I, everybody at home doesn't see, and let, yeah. you know, because they're listening, is producer Aaron going, <laughs> "Hey, we're here." <laughs> You're fighting against the grain. You got four pastors yeah, yeah, sitting around really. a table. Good luck. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean, brief and succinct? <laughs> right. yeah. I went to school for years <laughs> to be able to. <laughs> but that Christian high theory, yeah. right, is because uh, it's interesting. We what I was saying earlier, like we can go to dogma, we could go to our ideas, and it's funny that you go Christian high theory. But exactly what Darwin you were talking about is learning to ask the question. Why? Like, why? What's yeah. going on? How do we become uh, people who look and learn our culture, right? But we do so with also knowing the gospel. So there's two things, right? Is we have to have a clear understanding of the gospel, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we also have to have a desire to learn and understand our culture. Yeah. For instance, a question like that would be: Why is it important to you that you begin from? People are basically good. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Can can we ask that question and hear what need that meets right. in a heart there? But I also think, as Keller points out, this is like the work of academics here. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. So, yep. you know, I think of, of, of like Charles Taylor. I think of Andy Root's whole series on Christian formation and being a pastor in a congregation in a secular age. I think of um, Greg Gay, um, The Way of the Modern at Regent College in Vancouver, or um, his book on the human nature and technology. This this is hard work. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting at the cultural messages and what underlies them and how they how they build on each other. Um, Truman's book um, does this as well. Yeah. The, what is that? The the rise and triumph of the modern self. Yeah. The rise and yeah. triumph. Yeah. 
Very we might even be diving into that one dun, later. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> You're but that's the beauty it. around our table, right? I right. mean, it is Darwin, that's stuff that I know you you love and you dive into. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like reading how to teach tennis. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think it's, I but, think, uh, but it's important that, that, that the ideas that are, are, are forming our society and culture are also forming books on how to teach tennis. Exactly. Sure. Sure. Exactly. So, uh, so no, we're not – So we can say they're academic and they don't touch us. But the funny thing about those academic theories is they actually find their way into society and culture it, in much more palatable ways right? than, than the 300-page book with 1,000 footnotes. <laughs> well, in ways um, that people might not be able to articulate. Right. But it's still but it, forming. And, yeah, right. Amazing. And we need it to keep engaging and understanding. Yeah. What we're reading when right. we read something right. so simple and basic. Yeah, the way Keller puts it is before we can explain the gospel to a culture, we must analyze that culture right. with the gospel itself. And go. so, yeah. Aaron, just like you yep. talked about, there's the two things. We need to understand why this has value to our neighbors, but also be able to look at it in light of a another message, the the beauty of the gospel of grace. So I think right. yeah I think that's I think that's it though this is the beauty of Keller here yeah. is that we have to analyze it with the gospel I think too too much um, too often in the past when Christians have analyzed culture they've they've analyzed it in a way that they've set it up and then they've taken pot shots at it to knock it over and say isn't the Christian way better yeah rather than actually engaging in the critique from a gospel centered perspective and realizing that when someone says to you like I'll you quote him all values are relative, that that actually makes sense to them. That's sure. actually meaningful. That's actually right. a value. And that in order to engage it, you have to engage it respectfully. And you can't just cream it, um, but you have to begin helping them take that apart and its implications and where it leads. And yeah, you, that's hard work. You, you right. don't just want to defeat that. You want to help them exchange that right. for something right. better. Right. Yeah. It's actually loving our neighbors. Yeah. It's a posture, JB, you were talking yeah. about earlier. Again, is it? we're not coming with a club. We're helping – when we believe the gospel, we're helping people actually step into freedom. Yeah. Instead of coming with a club, come in with a mirror and help them see yeah. more yeah. clearly. Yeah, Definitely. But it's more than a rational argument. It's a relational oh, yeah. piece. And I think if you look at the history of the church in the United States, that there was a time um, after the, the moral majority and following that we thought if we just won all the intellectual arguments, everything would work itself out. Yeah, I stand guilty of that. I can look back over my yeah. life and see where I've been had very good arguments but really damaged relationships. Right. And it, it's costly and it's real. So um, let's move on. I do want to touch this post-modern uh, evangelistic dynamic, and I'll, I'll read that because not only do we have to be able to critique and understand the uh, culture that we're in, but we need to bring something good to it. And he writes this. Um, this is from page 17 in his book. For a thousand years, the Western church's basic ministry model was premised on the social reality that people would be coming – that they would be prepared and they'd be positive and we could simply preach our sound biblical sermons to them. Increasingly, this is not the case. It is true that more and more people lack any religious foundation and that the dominant cultural narratives are making the Christian faith more offensive, more offensive than we 
must find new and compelling ways to share the gospel in this generation. The hearers are changing, and how we communicate both what we say and how it connects to them is important that we um, do that that sort of thing, make the connection. Yeah. Anything else strike you all with this second uh, key element of a missionary encounter, the postmodern evangelistic dynamic? I think this is, uh, for me, again, this is where Anabaptists have really shaped me a lot. Okay. Um, Especially being Reformed and coming out of the transformational thing. And then shifting to kind of a Reformed pietism. Um, In the sense— that, yeah, yeah. What I mean yeah, by that, that, I mean by that is, is that if we see ourselves as an alternative community, and then being Reformed Pietists, informed by by the Reformed faith, but but we're an alternative community, and that when we engage people, we're not out to fix you, or we're not out to transform this into something, but we're inviting you into a different way of life, a, a, a formational way of life that we actually think will impact the broader society and culture. But it's, our it, primary focus is inviting you into this community, this alternative way of being in the world, um, of of seeing life differently, of viewing technology differently, of viewing worship differently, of viewing stewardship differently. Um, it's just a different way of being. Yeah. And we may do that from a minority position. I think that's something I've been struggling yeah. with. Well, and I, I think one of the things that struck me in this section, too, is— the intentionality within uh, oikos, you know, are are the circles, the, yep. yeah, our the circles in which we already live. Right. Um, that's so key because we don't have this platform, you know. But no, in these relationships, when you can meet people, when those other answers are failing, and you can meet them in love, and you can you can meet them where they're at. I mean, there's just a relational dynamic and intentionality that. Is key in this, you know. Yeah, yeah. The importance of everyone reclaiming their norms and networks as space, and everyone, not the professionals, right? Because right. I think, yeah, that cultural Christianity for a long time became a professional Christianity. Ooh, um, and, that's a very good point. And and so with that, that was it was easier for us. I mean, and we're professional. We're sure. part of that, but. We're in a we're in a in a world now that needs, especially in the United States. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's where in our in our subculture we need to we need to remember that we because I think people still maybe assume like oh my neighbors are Christian or oh right. my work right. sure. you know yeah. my coworkers are you know, no you don't assume that you 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 know live it out and know? with with that too I think. It, it isn't then telling everybody at home, okay, so now you need to go get a degree in order to share the gospel because he will say demonstration is one of the biggest keys and that's sure. humility, clarity, and gentle. You know, in most folks at home, you all are understanding and looking at culture and can, you know, you can ask questions, you can be involved in people's lives, you can... I mean, you're already doing this, so it, it's it's not a matter of hey, go get a degree in this, and then you get to figure it all out again. That's that professional Christianity, and it's like no, this is you can love your neighbor. You sure. can bringing your present. neighbor a warm meal will make a far greater impact right. than like reciting the five points of Calvinism. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your degree <laughs> probably got the door <laughs> slammed like, in your face. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, so you know, here's kind of a funny story. I don't know if I should share this or not. I will, and I'll take the risk. Oh yeah, um, driving through Chicago the other day. I saw a Sweet billboard, multiple Chicago. billboards for a crusade by a prominent crusade organization. All right. 
And I remember seeing the sign, and I was like, I volunteered for that crusade organization at one time. Oh. And I'm looking at this going. Decades ago. Decades ago. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, <laughs> that's really weird. Why would anybody go to that? And, yeah, I didn't say that out loud because my wife was in the car and she would have said something to me. But, yep, um, yep. but I'm like, why, why would anyone take their friends to that? That's really weird. And it, it just kind of was this, this kind of deja vu moment where you're kind of yeah. like, the world around us has shifted. It yeah, has really right. changed dramatically. And, and we're trying to use tools that, that probably were effective to some degree sure. decades ago. Yep. But they're not the tools that we need today. And let's be honest, if you found it weird... Yeah. Somebody with no religious sort of history, ideal, or is resistant to it. Yeah. They ain't showing up to it. Right. Well, they do show up. They won't show up without their <laughs> But I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, it's, it's just how much the, what he's talking about. Yeah. The, the shift in culture um, is, is incredibly dramatic. And, and, and I and I actually believe it's really really dramatic, but I still don't think I understand the depth of it, the depth yeah. of the change. Well, and it's it's happening fast. It's in my happening experience. fast, and yep. so as you learn, you're quickly outdated. And I'll often use the example of of radio. It's yeah. like fifty years ago, as a high school student, boy, that dates me. We were in AM <laughs> radio. Oh yeah, but now our culture is in FM, and if I stay on AM, high definition. What's what's FM? What's FM? <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Serious, serious. Satellite radio. I'm, I'm working a metaphor here, guys. Work with me. Work with me. But if the church is communicating on AM, okay, we're not just missing the FM folks. We're missing everybody else, and that's right. the, yeah. gospel, no, the yeah, gospel. The right doesn't on. change. Right. Right. But we need to. Understand how to take the gospel from an AM presentation to an FM to a Sirius to an MP3 to whatever it is, whatever you're streaming now. Podcast. Okay. okay. <laughs> We're trying here, guys. And on that note, okay. <laughs> I'm going to bring us to the shameless ending. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun. To be continued. Yeah, yeah. to be continued. This will I mean, be. That's cool. This is why hopefully, yeah, as, as, as y'all are listening, um, you can see where we we got geeked out. I know when I was there, I didn't. I was trying to write notes. I gave up. My friend had his MacBook Pro and he couldn't type fast enough. Sure, um, there's a lot of richness here in in just a few pages. And and again, I don't. I think there's areas we can push push back on a little bit. We can lean into yeah. you know. But but as with all of these books, what do they do? They're launching points for us to keep thinking, to keep learning, to keep pressing in yeah, like let we, the gospel shape us right with fear and trembling yep. um so with that being said uh next time we're gonna dive into four more of the elements of a missionary encounter and how we reach the west again so uh you can pick up you can go to hardawike.com our spiritual formation resources uh we have the youtube links uh, yep. there that you can t- uh connect with that bill uh mentioned earlier uh, you can go then the link. You can follow that link to the city to city website. You got to give them your email, but hey, we believe in good content, so um, uh, give them your email for a free copy of the book. 
there is a study guide as well. So, I mean, as much as you want to dive in, dive in, read along, and uh, next time uh, we'll continue the conversation. So with that being said, I'm Aaron. I'm Bill. I'm JB. And I'm Darwin. We say God bless. Shalom.